as we get older, it starts to not be cool to play, you know, teenagers, especially it's like, well, it's not cool to play. If you're a, a female who's maybe not athletic, well, you don't want to sweat. So you lose that joy of playing. And then as you get older, maybe you gain the freshman 15 or you recognize that, you know, you're not as strong as you were or as fit as you were. Then you start to work out or go to the gym and you can get on social media and you can see Instagram and Facebook, which the good thing about them is there's all kinds of information. The bad thing about them is there's all kinds of information. And you see these things about people talking about crushing their workout and doing this and doing that. And I think it makes sense if you think about the holistic person rather than just, just focus on movement as a workout that you do three, four, five times a week when you go to the gym or you, you meet your boot camp class at the local park is say, or think about movement as a lifestyle. You do do those workouts. So you meet the requirements that the uh, National Institute of Health has as far as cardiovascular and aerobic. But you also look at it it's like, you know, moving can be fun. I know, Sabrina, you and I were talking, we both have dogs. Hey there, my friend. Welcome to the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina. I am a cardiothoracic surgery PA with a background in public health and neuroscience. I'm also your peak performance coach. I had to say no to working extreme long hours where I was always on call and feeling exhausted, underappreciated, and undervalued, and said, heck yes, to a life and career that elevates my energy and passion without compromising my health and sanity. Now, I'm on the mission to support ambitious healthcare professional like you with a demanding career to become a confident leader who are living purposefully and fulfilled to truly be both a powerhouse in your career and a passionate person in life. Let's start our journey today. Hi, my friend. How are you? This is your host, Sabrina. So today's episode is a special one extracted from the virtual summit to power our healthcare professionals back in 2020, especially in the heat of pandemic, where we donate all the proceeds to the foundation at Cigna, where they had a fund to help those who has passed away, especially healthcare professionals, where they left their family behind. So this has a special meaning, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Now, if you wanted to be on the wait list for any of my in-person or virtual event coming up, go to sabrinarumback.com forward slash summit. Without further ado, enjoy today's episode. Dr. Ben Router, he is a professor in physical therapy. He runs his own podcast, helping people on how do you move. With movement, it's not just an activity. It's actually a lifestyle to help you heal. And so Dr. Ben, same thing. We also have him taking the assessment and his result is also really good. Only probably one thing I would say that was lower on your bottom pole. So what did you think about your result when you took the life assessment to see how you are about your life? Well, I'll admit it was outside of my uh, area of expertise. I'm an exercise physiologist by training, and but it was interesting to take. I didn't know what to expect. I was not surprised by it. I'll have the terminology wrong because I won't look at my other computer screen where I have it up. But I believe it was career path where I got the lowest score, which was a seven. I'm assuming that's a seven out of 10. Yes. 
I think that's interesting for a couple of reasons. First of all, my main job is in higher education. I'm a college professor. And for anybody who is in the academic setting or has recently graduated or works in the academic setting, you know, with COVID, it's been in an uproar. And you also know just in the last four or five years, things have changed dramatically. And I think what the normal was for any of us, whether we graduated from college and medical school five years ago or 25 years ago, five years from now, it's all going to be brand new. So I think there, for me, there's a little dichotomy in that I've invested quite a bit of money and time in that, but I'm not sure how long it's going to be around for. And I think that probably showed through in the questionnaire. The survey that this question is a specific target is these 10 key components of life. And then what other things that could be changing in our life to improve us. So one something great that Dr. Ben talked about is that he sees what's the number one reason when I asked him that stopped you from being able to achieve 10 out of 10 in all different key components of life. He says that balancing act, right, depend on time, responsibilities, stress, sometimes in one areas, leading more time dependent over others and not giving priority. And that I feel like is the key component right there is that many of us have too many things that just taking things away from our precious time, energy, and sanity. But we don't even know what truly going to produce us value in the long run instead of things that will rob us, right, in a quick uh, short term. So what are some things that you do really well, Dr. Ben? Well, I'm talking about movement. I think getting my movement on, so to speak, or making movement a priority, that's one of my ways of avoiding burnout. I've actually switched understanding quality of life. And I think when we had our uh, intro talk or our, our talk last week, I talked about how movement became a priority for me. And I really recognized what made me happy was heading out in the woods with my dogs. And I think the quality of life probably in the last four or five years, maybe as I've matured or I've had some medical problems, it's made me realize that for a lot of things, if I'm asked to do it now, my first thought is, what do I think about this? Am I And I'm stealing this from the podcaster, Tim Ferriss. Am I saying, hell yes, then I'm going to jump into it. Or I'm like, ah, I could do that. Then I'm more likely now than say five years ago or even three years ago, I'm more likely to pass on that. And I think the realization is, as I progress, is it's not so much whether it's something that necessarily sounds fun or if it's going to benefit me, because a lot of things that are happening to me positively career-wise now happen because of decisions I made 10 years ago. But I think more importantly, it's the people that you deal with. I had a great interview on one of my podcasts about a year and a half ago with a sleep researcher from Australia. He calls those people energy vampires. So I think it's breaking down the knowledge silos with different terminology. And I think one of the things that really has helped me with the quality of life is recognizing who those people are who are energy vampires or energy sucks where you just don't feel good when you're done talking to them and who is the opposite way. And the chances are, if somebody asks me to do something, even if it's way outside my comfort zone or way outside of something that I think I want to do, if I like the person, if I respect the person, if I think I can learn something from the person or the organization, I'm liable to jump in and say, yeah, I'll do it, even though I may be the person sitting there going, I'm not sure I should have done this. Typically, knock on wood, it's turned out positively. Yeah, I think that's a great term. I definitely read the book, Energy Vampire, but it is, right? It's sucking things out of your life. And as I mentioned earlier, energy is about rebooting, it's about recharging. 
And all of us have the ability to do, but do you actually know how to do it? And one of the example I used the other day was, it's like blow up a balloon, right? When it's a tiny little balloon, we have to put so much air to pump this up, right? It's almost like you really do need to sleep at night so you can recharge and so you can get up instead of pulling an all-nighter for some reason. And so while you're filling this balloon up, it seems to be easier. You, you are able to maintain a good homeostasis. But what if you stress yourself too thin, right? You're blowing this balloon up. Even just your regular take a deep breath right now. How hard would it be when your lungs completely filled? I can't even talk, right? And do you really want it to stay in that tense state? Or do you want it to be able to come down, refill, and create that harmony, what I was saying? And so how would it be something, Dr. Ben, you could help us um, bringing movement more into our body to refill our energy and keep going? It's a great question. I think all the listeners should think about how you look at movement. And unfortunately, probably after you get past the age of five or six or maybe seven, you know, when you're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you like to play. As we get older, it starts to not be cool to play, you know, teenagers especially. It's like, well, it's not cool to play. If you're a, a female who's maybe not athletic, well, you don't want to sweat. So you lose that joy of playing. And then as you get older, maybe you gain the freshman 15 or you recognize that, you know, you're not as strong as you were or as fit as you were. Then you start to work out or go to the gym and you can get on social media and you can see Instagram and Facebook, which the good thing about them is there's all kinds of information. The bad thing about them is there's all kinds of information. And you see these things about people talking about crushing their workout and doing this and doing that. And I think it makes sense if you think about the holistic person, rather than just, just focus on movement as a workout that you do three, four, five times a week when you go to the gym or you, you meet your boot camp class at the local park is say, or think about movement as a lifestyle. You do do those workouts. So you meet the requirements that the uh, National Institute of Health has as far as cardiovascular and aerobic. But you also look at it it's like, you know, moving can be fun. I know, Sabrina, you and I were talking, we both have dogs. Playing with your dog, even if it's in your apartment in your house where you're just tossing a ball gently, that's fun. Going for a walk with a friend. I've had the opportunity to interview a wide variety of people on my podcasts. I've got a, a gentleman that I interviewed who's fairly high up in the military. I've got a number of physicians, sleep researchers. All of them say that they do their best thinking and problem solving when they're moving, whether it's walking, whether it's running, whether it's riding their bike, not necessarily competing or being in a workout class, but just doing some sort of movement. If you see me moving around now, I'm at a standing desk on a wobble board, and that's when I do my best thinking. So the idea is you maybe are accessing, and Sabrina, you can probably comment in more detail on this, you're maybe accessing new neural pathways because you're moving and you're having to think in different ways, or the movement is a stress release because maybe you just got out of a staff meeting or you just got balled out by your boss and your shoulders are up here around your ears and you can go out and move and kind of exhale and just focus. Maybe it's just the rhythmic moving if you're walking, the foot, the foot falling. Maybe it's your walking in the park and it's the seeing of the birds. And looking at movement, not as a the goal is to work out to get fit, but rather the goal of movement is to enhance your quality of life. And I think the final thing to say on that or the important thing to say on that is it's important to figure out what works for you. Some people don't want to run. Some people don't want to bike. Some people don't want to walk. So the important thing is finding something that gives you a lot of joy. Yeah, so well said, like finding what works for you. And that's our number one thing. Because if you think about 
building any habit into your life, the easiest thing is what you already connect to, what you already find joyful about doing, right? And then it becomes something natural is no longer a chore. And most of us even think about the word habit. It seems like, oh, it's something I have to do instead of something that it's just part of life. And I think that's what you're talking about, movement as a lifestyle. And yes, um, my golden retriever is almost four years old and she is not decreasing her energy whatsoever. So we will walk, right, two blocks to the park. There's not really gated, but it's relatively safe. So I let her run and she'll do big circles. Now we're like, Okay, mommy, get it wrong with you. Okay, you're running a lot faster than me, but I'll try to keep up. So whatever you actually find joyful, that's okay. And some people like to do cardio or go on the bike ride or just do stationary. You don't have to really find a specific plan if you don't want to, or at least give yourself some gauge, right? What's realistic for you? Working out only three times a week? Awesome. Let's keep that right? If you can do a one week, it gives you the confidence to do that again next week. And once you're able to do a repeatly three times a week, then you can potentially adding on to more things. And because the more you can do it, it also gives you the competency to validate yourself that you have the ability to do so. I agree. And I think the other thing to add in is don't be afraid to try new things and have fun. I had the good fortune about a year ago to interview a gentleman who has a marketing firm for if you've been to an NBA game or a soccer game, you've seen people do tricks on pogo sticks. He has the marketing firm. And when I saw these pogo sticks, which have air in them rather than springs, I remember reading in the Wall Street Journal five or six years ago about a cardiologist who for his aerobic fitness, he jumps on a pogo stick because he had some osteopenia and he knew he was a researcher and did a lot of writing. So three or four times a day, a couple times a week, he'll go out and he'll jump in his driveway on a pogo stick. And I remember reading that three or four years ago and thinking, that's really cool and just kind of filing it away. And then when I had the opportunity to interview this person who happened to be based in Pittsburgh where I am, immediately as soon as he as soon as we walked in, I said, "Can I try one of those?" I tried it. I now have one of these pogo sticks where in theory it'll jump 8 feet in the air. Now, I will not jump 8 feet in the air. I just like to bounce up and down. And the amazing thing that I found with it is number 1, it's just fun. I mean, people see you do it, they want to try it. And another thing that it is is because you're concentrating, you really have to figure out what your balance is. So you start with soft surfaces, you wear a helmet, you can't think of anything else. So you can't think about that stress from the job. You can't think about that fight you had with your spouse. You can't think about whether you're running late to pick up your kid from practice or a music recital. You're just like for that. And I'll admit, I'm like 30 seconds before I have to stop before my heart rate's up. For that 30 seconds, it's just you and the pogo stick. And it sounds hokey, Maybe for somebody else, it's not the pogo stick. Maybe it's juggling or doing a yo-yo, but you're doing some sort of movement, some sort of activity, and it just is a wonderful stress reliever. And as I found as we chatted last week, a great way to come up with new ideas to try different things in different areas of your life. Yes, such a good point. I find workout definitely is a combination of different things. And for me, it's I did circuit training, I did aerial yoga, and then even a different type of fitness between Pilates yoga and I'll still stick with weight training. But it brings you that diversity and you no longer feel like it's just stuff you have to do. It become a novelty, right? Why do we keep going in life? Is you constantly able to find these different novelties 
difficulties, and that makes such intriguing for you to want to get to that point. So I remember even with circuit training, it's really funny where we would juggle scarves to even start with because you don't want to toss balls up in the air; you're gonna hit yourself. So it, it, even that was really interesting for me, at least. So I feel like all of us can start exploring what are some of the options you can do in your own life that could potentially be additional to your regular routine of workout and make it not so mundane. I would agree. Well said. So Dr. Ben, how could people find you? I know you have free resources on your Instagram, on podcasts. What is the best way to connect with you? The best way to get a connection for everything is through one of my Instagram accounts. And the reason I say this is the best way is it will hook you up to both of my podcasts. You'll find links. But more importantly, what I do with my girlfriend who partners with me is three times a week, we do one minute movement tip and lifestyle hack videos. Some of them have dogs in them. Some of them don't. Just the whole idea is to get people to understand the ethos that movement is a lifestyle, not just an activity. And that Instagram page is at FIT. L-A-B-P-G-H. And you'll be able to find links to our Fitness Lab Pittsburgh podcast, our Moving to Live podcast. And again, as I said, there's over 500 movement tip and lifestyle hack videos that you can find on there. Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you so much for spending the time with us. All right, my friend, how did you love this episode? Make sure to subscribe to our show so you can continue to build your positive intelligence for that beautiful mind of yours to live powerfully and passionate. I know this just the tip of the iceberg. You probably have a lot more question on actually how do I implement those things into my own life? Well, this is the solution. Joining us inside the private Facebook group, go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Powerful Passionate, where I go live weekly to answer any questions that you have and continue to put more resources for you to help you to get to that point. You can be both powerful and passionate where you're no longer working on any mundane work and truly focusing on the things that matter. You can be both powerful and passionate where you can overcome any mental roadblocks keeping you from success. You can be both powerful and passionate where you feel energized from the moment you woke up to the time you go to bed. Join me and together we can create a life where you can be both powerful and passionate.